0: Hey, it's Cole, welcome to this week's episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast, where every week we talk about how you can bring your creative dreams to life. This week's episode is supported by a podcast called Wireframe.
1: Yeah, Wireframe is a show made for creative professionals like graphic designers, UX designers, illustrators, typographers, artists, and activists. And it's
0: hosted by Koi Vin, who's a principal designer at Adobe. I was just in Morocco for the last two weeks and they have incredible food. But you know how when you're in a country and you've just been eating the same kind of food for like two weeks and you are craving something nostalgic? Yeah. I had that experience. So what did I do? I went to a Burger King and I noticed that not only was the food nostalgic to my belly, nostalgic for my childhood because I never really eat Burger King. Uh, but their logo like looks a lot like their old logo, does it? Well, it's funny you
1: mentioned that because Wireframe actually has an episode about this very thing. It's about the difference between nostalgia and history and whether or not the vintage design fad that's going on actually makes sense for new brands. And you can check that episode out. It's the first episode of season four. So if you search for Wireframe in your podcast app, like the one you're using now, then you'll find it. And we'll also include a link in the show notes. Thanks to Wireframe for their support.
0: So the last few weeks, we've honestly been talking about how to just win at life, in my opinion. How to thrive. How to thrive in all things, especially our art. And so we've covered three of four things. We're covering the fourth today. We started out talking about physical health, and then we talked about emotional maturity. And last week, we talked about rhetoric, which is essentially the ability to communicate, to listen, and to speak. And today, we're talking about something called game theory, which is a pretty new thing for me in my life have you ever heard of this or like encountered it
1: yeah i've heard of game theory and the main place that i heard from it was there was a thing called the prisoner's dilemma which is one aspect of game theory and there was a game show where someone was able to use the prisoner's dilemma to win
0: the game show and i found that pretty interesting So game theory in short is this, well, let me give you the official first sentence of the Wikipedia page. It's the study of mathematical models of strategic interaction among rational decision makers, which for our purposes today is largely unhelpful. Yes. So in in layman's terms, in terms that people would use to actually speak, I think it's in a simplified way, a framework for decision making. And there's a few primary components in my very limited understanding. And those primary components are defining the game, we'll call it the game, and then understanding the multiple options for action, and then understanding the outcomes for us and other people, and then lastly, making informed decisions. It's essentially a framework for helping us think through making decisions, which is something that we do all day, every day. And you and I were both exposed to it, I guess, for the first time primarily through Radiolab and the yeah. thing. That, so there's a game theory Radiolab episode uh, if you want to go check that out. But more recently, I was watching a TV show that was originally on Showtime uh, called Billions, and now it's available on Amazon Prime. And if you have Amazon Prime, highly recommend watching it. Uh, and it's about this billionaire hedge invest in hedge fund manager and a state attorney for the district of New York. And they're constantly kind of playing this cat and mouse game. And it's, they're positioning themselves and other people to try to get what it is that they want. And, It's like a game of chess. Honestly, it's like watching a story that is a game of chess. But in the show, they also like use game theory terms. And I was totally lost. So I was watching this show, finding myself Googling like, what in the world are they talking about right now? And it led me down a rabbit hole that eventually led me to YouTube where Yale University has an entire game theory course online for people to watch for free. So I started watching that. And here's the experience I had as I started watching that. I started watching it and I was like, this guy is giving language to something that I experience every day. And I just didn't know that there was language for it. And when I say that, what I mean is he was talking about the internal like mental process I kind of go through unknowingly when trying to make a decision and i was like wait why am i just now in my life hearing of this thing that seems to have such massive implications on my life
1: yeah i mean it is weird because it is one of those concepts that you've kind of never heard of until you do hear of it and then you feel like you already have known about it. it your whole life right yeah but it is it is interesting how that works
0: yeah And I think for people who live maybe making decisions from an emotional, intuitive place, it might feel a little uncomfortable or bizarre or maybe even a little, like, icky to start thinking this strategically about decision-making because I I think even in my own life, a lot of times I'm just kind of like, I'm going to go with my gut on this. And Mm -hmm. I kind of deliberately uh, move away from, like, overthinking the decision and I just want to call that out before we start talking more about game theory to recognize there is this other side of it when I think a lot of us especially artists are kind of like yeah i just kind of live my life and i kind of go on my gut and i make decisions that way and i think there are definitely times for that but on the other hand i think it's really helpful for us to understand the basics of game theory to help us navigate our lives in general but also our lives as artists
1: i also think it's worth mentioning that when you say manipulating things like yes there is a way to use game theory in a way that does harm people yeah like in the show billions there are characters who withhold information from other people not in a playing the cards close to the chest way but in a way where it's like wow i can't believe they're gonna screw you over later right or you know i'm gonna use this person to do something that maybe they wouldn't be comfortable doing but i have all the leverage yeah and the idea isn't to have all the leverage and make yourself the most leveraged person of all time so that you can make people do what you want because that obviously is manipulative, but it's more about like understanding the thought processes that go into this decision-making.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because it's happening already. And there are people with, varying degrees of understanding of what's happening in the decision-making process. Right. And so the more we know about how we can operate in the decision-making process and how others might be operating in the decision-making process, it actually gives us the opportunity to avoid being taken advantage of by people who would use these principles in a negative way. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So there were four kind of basic things that I started out talking about when it comes to game theory, defining the game, Understanding the multiple options for action, understanding the outcomes for us and other people, and then making informed decisions. And those are the four things that we're going to talk about today. So first of all, defining the game. Essentially, what's the challenge or what is it that we're stepping into in this particular moment or in this particular moment of decision making? In creativity, we often focus on things adjacent to our actual objectives and challenges, for example. You say, I want to make this thing. I want to make a new album. I want to write this novel. Um, And there are all of these excuses or challenges that we start talking about. One of them is like, I just don't have enough money. And... Oftentimes, that is an adjacent challenge to what we're actually dealing with inside. We might say, I don't have enough money, so I can't do this thing. And the truth is, like dreamers, if you're a creative person and you're dreaming a lot, you're never going to have enough money. You're always going to be dreaming bigger than what you have from a resource standpoint. But usually, when we say, I don't have enough money, something else is happening. Maybe it's a really easy veil to the truth that we're insecure or we feel failure or we're perfectionists because we don't want to look incompetent or like we don't know what we're doing. And so when we say I don't have money, honestly, it's a question of is that really the game that we're playing? Are we really playing a money game or are we playing something that if we reframed the challenge in front of us, we'd come to solutions so that we can start moving forward?
1: Yeah, that reminds me a lot of, I think I might've mentioned this on a previous episode, but there was a, um, like a college program where you had to start a business and make the most money and they gave you like a stipend to start it with. And the team that won didn't even touch the stipend. Hmm. They just came up with like a good idea and then they turned in that money at the end with their original money and they won by a lot because it was like, you know, one group is like, what can we buy to make money? And this group was like, what can we do to make money? That doesn't even need startup capital so like you can kind of play that game with yourself of like can i make this work without any money can i make this work with what i have is my sweat equity worth it
0: yeah And so why is this important in life? Why is it important in creativity? Because when we actually understand the right game that we're actually playing, the thing that's set before us, we can accurately determine the best strategies, the best ways forward. And if we think our challenge is, I don't have enough money, we're going to be stressing about or thinking about or setting our energy on money. But really the problem is more likely I... Am insecure about starting, or I don't know how to take a baby step toward that big objective down there. And if we're able to reframe it and understand the actual quote unquote game that we're playing, it'll help us approach the right problem so that we can start moving forward. Mm -hmm. The second big idea is understanding our possible options. So when we correctly identify a problem or a game or a challenge the next step is to start identifying the possible approaches to overcoming that challenge and in game theory this is called a strategy and one of the things that just like blew my mind when I was listening to this Yale course was uh, he starts talking about something called a strictly dominated strategy so in game theory a strictly dominated strategy is a strategy or a possible approach to solving a problem That is bested by all other strategies, meaning if we choose this thing, all other options are going to result in a better payoff or a better outcome for us and or other people. And when when I heard him start talking about that, the thing that came to my mind is in creative work, the strictly dominated strategy, the most popular strictly dominated strategy is doing nothing. And I think that is probably the thing that keeps us immobilized more than anything else as artists and as people in our lives who want to grow, people who in our lives want to progress, who want to move down the road. A lot of times we just decide to do nothing because we don't actually have to confront the game that's in front of us.
1: Yeah. And doing nothing is definitely a um, strictly dominated strategy But I think a lot of times we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that we're not doing nothing. Hmm. And when you consider like worst case scenario, best case scenario, things like that, like you've got to really realize that the worst case scenario of action is still better than doing nothing, which is totally what, you know, that guy was saying in your class. But, you know, you have to get over that hurdle. And if you are somebody that has anxiety about kickstarting a project or about sending an email or reaching out to somebody like... You're living in the worst case scenario until you do that.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's important, like, we'll ask that question. It's like, you might be sitting here listening to this thinking, well, is doing nothing really the worst option? Because it, in if I do nothing, I avoid criticism, I avoid... You know, the possibility that I'll prove to myself that I'm not able to do this. There are a lot of things that we avoid by doing nothing. And so that might feel like a good strategy to us. But then you have to go back to the initial question. What game are you playing? Are you playing the game of I want to be an artist and I want to make art and I want to make that a more integrated part of my life? Or are you playing the game of I want to stay safe and I want to stay comfortable and I want to avoid criticism? If you're playing the first game, then doing nothing is a bad strategy. Right. If you're playing the second game, then doing nothing is a good strategy, but it's probably not going to leave you happy.
1: Well, in a game of chess, there are self-preservation moves. Like I have to move my king now somewhere that I didn't necessarily want him to or things like that. And so when you find yourselves making those moves, like I'm going to not submit to this because i don't know if i can handle getting rejected mm. it's yeah. like that's a self-preservation move it reminds me you ever watch bob's burgers <laughs> no oh my gosh there's an episode is that
0: keenan and Kel? no it's uh a... keenan and Kel had a thing where they like made hamburgers right
1: that's good burger good burger bob's burgers is like a simpsons kind of cartoon like a okay. family you know but there's an episode where there's a burger cook-off and bob runs a burger shop so you would think it would be a shoe in to win but he is making like a black garlic burger, like fermented garlic, and he forgets the black garlic. And he goes, oh, well, you know, it's fine. I'll just turn in what I have. And his kid is like, I can run and go get the black garlic from the shop in time. And he's like, no, no, don't worry about it. And his wife is like, are you just saying that? Because when you lose, you now have a built in. Hmm, well, I didn't have, have the, the black, black garlic. garlic. There's nothing we could hmm. do. Right. And then they're like, no, we're going to get it and you're going to make the burger. What a poignant point in an animated show. I felt so bad about myself after that because oh. I've definitely done that. Like, well,
0: Self-sabotage?
1: Yeah, a little bit. And so, you know, when you re- like, look in and realize, are you doing that? Mm-hmm. When you say, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, uh, maybe I don't send this email because if they think I look stupid for reaching out.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, so we're accurately defining the game that we're playing, and then we're going to understand the list of possible options or strategies of approaching that. And then next comes the process of understanding the outcomes for us and other people. Now, I think it's important to recognize, game theory doesn't tell us what decision we must make. It simply helps us consider our options. And I think that's another... that maybe people shy away from in being so strategic about decision-making is that they want it to feel more intuitive and less calculated. But I think that sets us up for some like unnecessary roadblocks or speed bumps or pitfalls. Right.
1: Definitely. I mean, one part of this is also just being proactive. Yeah, in all of these situations. Like if you can take the reins in a conversation, if you can take the reins in a negotiation, and if you can bring up some of these questions that are hard to bring up, like that's one type of outcome that you can steer towards is like everyone communicated very clearly about their expectations for this project because I used my brain to think, well, what would happen if I don't bring this up and I just let it slide versus mm. I need to bring this up and be upfront about XYZ expectations that we all have.
0: Yeah. Another realization I had in this process of like understanding the outcomes for me and other people in the process of decision making is how many times in my life or how many like honestly decades of my life have been defined by intentionally omitting potential strategies because of things that I because of my narrow view. Right. So, I mean, I grew up. In a religious environment that really kind of preached, this is the only way. And if you want to be a person of love and intention and purpose, then you have to have these narrow blinders. And Your options and outcomes are only related to this lens that we have handed you to look through. And one of the freeing things about game theory isn't to say you need to choose option A, B, C, or D. It's to say, hey, the best way to make the most informed and potentially best decision is to open yourself up to all possible strategies and understand all possible outcomes as opposed to artificially because of your frameworks or your value systems or your insecurities or your stubbornness or your loves or your limitations, whatever whatever box we would constrain our strategies and outcomes in, game theory gives us the opportunity to strip away all of those boxes and consider all things. And I think even if we're a person of values, like if we say that we have specific values, I think the only way we can really be people of value is to understand all possible strategies and options in a particular moment.
1: Yeah, and I think dogma is something that kind of runs counter to what an artist should be about, Hmm. which is being adaptable, being creative, coming up with different ways to do things and to create something new and exciting. And, you know, if you're somebody who's very dogmatic and you only think about things one way and you don't weigh a lot of options, then it's going to be hard to do that.
0: Hmm. So we started out asking, what is the challenge? What is the game that I'm playing and clearly defining the game? And then we made a list or understood our possible options or strategies. And then we took time to understand the outcomes for us and other people. And now it's time to make a decision. Ultimately, we have to make a decision. Um well, we don't have to, but I think it's best if we make a decision. And here's one of the other important things to, to come to a conclusion with. In game theory, a lot of times they'll talk about a best response. And in the sim- the simplest version of most scenarios, we can talk about what a best response is, meaning what's the response that's going to get us the most value and the other people if we're considering the other people the most value. In most moments of life, in most decisions that we have to make, there is not a best response. There are usually several good responses. And I think this is another thing that immobilizes us in our lives as people and our lives as artists is that we wait and wait and wait and wait, hoping for the best response when really it's about making a good decision and seeing what happens as a result of making that decision. In the end, we don't have to know what all of the outcomes are going to be before we decide. The process of decision-making, I actually think, is like going to the gym. The more you go to the gym, the more you can work something out, the more you understand how to work that thing out, the more you develop it, the more you're able to do in the future, the healthier it is. I think decision-making is exactly the same way. The more decisions we make, the more we learn, the better we get at decision-making. It's testing, it's trial and error, and rarely are there ever errors that end us. Errors are usually just something that happen along the way, they're inevitable, and they're an opportunity for us to learn how to become better decision-makers.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of people, if you really break it down, there are people, a lot of people who have kind of dipped their toes into the whole decision making game theory sort of thing. Like for example, I feel like most self help books where they kind of teach you how to, you know, like for example, how to win friends and influence people Mm -hmm. or like a Gary Vee type of person or the four hour work week or whatever it is. Like those are examples of one set of decisions that they're laying out. Like, here's what I did and here's how it worked for me. And I think you can kind of see, like, I'm sure you've had people recommend you those kind of books before, and you can almost pick up, like, okay, they read How to Make Friends and Influence People, and then you start to watch them operate in a certain space, or maybe there's a meeting or whatever, and you can tell that they're drawing from their experience Mm -hmm. with a book like that. And I think game theory as a whole, very broadly, it's almost like the master book, yeah. That you can draw from. Yeah. Where you're, because I've spotted people like, oh, that guy read the four hour work week. And you kind of laugh and go, like, they're just kind of spitting back what that book taught them. But someone who's really got a handle on it, maybe they're looking at things from a certain different lens where it's not just repeating back some source material, but they're truly taking time to like comprehend the situation and apply a solution as opposed to like the 80 20 principle mm-hmm. or, you know, post everything on social media, whatever it is, like instead of these nuggets, it's like this whole un- broad understanding of it.
0: Yeah. I, and I think the summary of it all is this decision-making is good. It's good to make decisions, but decision-making can also be scary and you don't have to be alone in the process. It doesn't have to feel like this massive, Nebulous, mysterious thing. There are actually some systems that we can put into place that will help us be better decision makers and move forward in the process of our creative careers and our lives, which is more related to making decisions and informed decisions than it is about making the right decision. So I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. Honestly, if you're digging this and you want a really like big brain stretch, go on YouTube and search for the Yale game theory class. It's I think 24 one hour episodes. Like it's an investment and I'm only on episode seven or eight and it is dense and sometimes difficult but it's been really helpful for me so thanks for hanging out with us it's always good to uh be with you follow entrepreneur podcast on instagram and see you next week we'll see you next week